You are listening to the official Acts 2 podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.acts2orlando.com. We've gotten to know many of you over the last couple of months, uh, first through Ignite, which has been great. And let me tell you, if you guys have youth here, you, you probably know that. If you don't, the, uh, the fruit there is incredible. You know, when I see what Andy and Danielle are doing, yeah. when I see what these, these students walk in, it, it's not immature, okay? It is very mature, and, and it is so much fun to see our, our family get connected with that and just to see students and, and other kids, um, like um, one of our friends, where's Allison? I know, I think your daughter, right? She's, She's with the kids. You know, texting or calling it and encouraging, what's God doing with you this week? You know, I mean, how awesome is that? I didn't do that when I was their age, you know, and I'm just, I'm so refreshed to see that. Uh, but many other ones, you know, Tammy and, and the Van Horns and some of the parents, we get to hang out while the kids are doing youth. And, you know, Kale is always doing something wild and I wish I was that athletic, but, uh, <laughs> you know, really just need to see the women who hosted my wife at the women's breakfast. Thank you. I know she was really touched and uh, it's just great to see the community that, that is here. Um, the fruit with the lamb family. You know, the leaders of this, this church, what I think what I appreciate most about them is just seeing how vulnerable they are, how transparent they are. You know, one of the first times we met his families, um, it was great. He was, he was telling us a story about how God called him to Florida, so they moved to Nashville. And uh, I was like, you know what? We've made those mistakes too. Not Nashville, but you know, we, we've made a lot of mistakes too. And I love somebody who can stand there and say, hey, I missed it, but look where I'm at now. And I like that. You know, what that tells me is, you know, there's somebody who's approachable, somebody who's not full of it. And I, oh man, I, I like that so much. So uh, we can grow together. That's what that tells me. So, you know, God created Adam for relationship, he created Eve for relationship. He created the body of Christ for relationship. That's why we're here. Holy Spirit's here. You guys feel the presence? Yes. Jesus is here. The testimony of Jesus. And that tells me the spirit of prophecy is here. And guys, this is home. This is home. So thank you. So thank you, guys. Great to see a lot of Bridge Church friends from the past. See some of you, and then uh, from Mohop and a few other places. And don't you just love how there's one river and lots of streams? And it's okay to cross-pollinate and get to know people and just leave and go always on good terms, right? Okay, little tip there. You can write that one down. Okay. So Andrew said, you know, share your heart today. Just share who you are. And uh, so uh, he did give me five hours. I will try to keep it to, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Some of you were like, oh, dear God, no, I, I don't do that. Um, but he said, you know, just let them know who you are. And so what I wanted to do today is actually take you through a number of uh, stories on, of, of things we've experienced, but really the message that the Lord gave to me today to give to you guys is taking it from believing to knowing. You can believe all day long. A lot of people say, hey, I believe in Jesus but do they know? It's that next step where nothing can shake you. Nothing can take that from you. So we're going to walk through a, a bunch of that. I realize this may not be a new topic for a lot of you. Uh, again, a lot of mature believers. My hope is you will glean something from today as we get through, uh, get through some of this. I mean, he is the author and the finisher of our faith. So uh, it's all about him, guys. Not about us. We're just going to share some stories. Okay. And, uh, and we'll go from there. For those of you, I think he, uh, Andrew did mention, but my wife and I, uh, Roseanne, we call her Ro. So J and Ro, pretty simple. It's R-O, not R-O-W, not R-O-E, it's R-O. Real simple. <laughs> those of you may be old enough to remember Roseanne Barr in a TV show. And so thankfully she goes by Ro. Yeah, <laughs> yes. 
the, uh, uh, it, it is amazing because we're coming up on 19 years, actually next uh, Sunday. Yep, 19 years of marriage. Four kids. So Hannah, who's our oldest, she is uh, 13, amazing, going on 30. And uh, unfortunately, our uh, third daughter, Lily, is uh, not feeling too well today. So Hannah actually volunteered to, to stay home. Uh, I would love to have had the whole family here, but uh, thankfully, again, they're mature enough and, and able to help take care of. So Holly, uh, our other daughter, so so glad to have Holly here. And then our son, JB. He's actually John the Fourth. It's a nickname. And I'll explain that to you another time. But... Uh, <laughs> No, it's really good. You guys, you'll actually hear some of it in a little bit, I think. Um, so here's the thing. You know, head knowledge has to become experience. You know, you, you have to, it has to go from here to here. And in a secular sense, I learned this many years ago from grad school. And if you guys have, you know, been through any kind of schooling where the, the professors were all about, you have to learn the material so well that you can teach it. And at that point, if you can teach it, guess what? You really do know it. You have to get to that point. So... I kind of learned back then, all right, th this is kind of the way. If you want to be an expert or a master of something, you really have to be able to teach it. Um, taking that a step further, when you start to think about um, different experiences we have in life, you know, one of the things that the Lord sort of directed me into for a number of years was college admissions, you know, which is as crazy as it sounds, but I spent a great deal of time in New England and South Florida, actually working for Stetson University and Barrie and then Kent up in Ohio. I think the older folks may remember Kent State. Yeah, Kent State. A little, little dubious reputation. Um, so, you know. Uh, anyway, when you, you end up doing thousands upon thousands of presentations to college students, you, one, start to overcome fear of speaking, but you also start to realize a pattern. And that pattern is when you speak, you're actually programming yourself. Yeah. You hear it twice. You hear it with your outer ear and you hear it with your inner ear. Yeah. So it comes as no surprise when God says, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, you're hearing it twice when you speak it. They call it TV programming for a reason because they're programming you. So what are you programming your brain with, right? But really a lot of this kind of sunk in again in a secular sense. Uh, when I read a book um, a couple of years ago, does anybody know who Malcolm Gladwell is? Yeah. 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 He wrote a book called Outliers. Yeah. And uh, so I got some people who have read it. All right, cool. The gist of that is, and, and by the way, he's actually become a Christian since, which is kind of cool, but he, he looked at if here's the, the, the circle of excellence from like not really good to experts in something, those who spend about 10,000 hours doing something actually outlie that. They are the true elite, the true experts, the basketball stars. Think about this. How many hours a day do you guys practice? You guys are doing two a days down here, I'm sure at least, if not weights and they're all shaking their head no. So you're having fun down here. Okay. All right. We're working out at the dinner table, dude. Okay. Got it. Um, but, you know, we teach our kids this. You know, nobody taught me this when I was a kid. And, you know, and looking back, I think, okay, well, if I could have spent 10,000 hours on something, what would it be? And where I'm at in my life right now, what will it be? So think about that with you. What are you doing? And as far as your Christian walk goes, and we've got all eternity with God, but he really wants to get us to know him now. Right? So just think about that. I want that to, to soak in. I mean, think about someone like David in the Bible, someone who was a person of one thing, yeah. Psalm 27, 4, yeah. right? And it's, it's so great because he talks about a desire. There's one thing that I desire, but he doesn't stop, that I shall seek. So what does that mean? You don't have to just want it. You have to go do it. You go after it. You pursue it. That is really one of the reasons I think that David, when you think about how he was raised and grown up, he spent all this time just singing to the Lord, writing songs and psalms and you know, tending the sheep and learning how to shepherd people and, and do the things that he did. He really grew that heart for the Lord. I'm sure it was way more than 10,000 hours. 
But that's why God said, here's a man after my own heart. Pretty amazing. Now, one of the things that uh, I really liked from, from Andrew, he talked about uh, a couple weeks ago. It was Thanksgiving, I think. The importance of scripture, and, and I think we all know that, right? We're in church. Hopefully, everybody's reading the word. Yes? Quick raise of hands, right? Okay. All right. You seemed a little unsure, so I was just kind of worried. But, um, you know, this is what Holy Spirit pulls from. You, you have to have the, the scripture in you. But a lot of people read just to read. And, and honestly, as, as a former and recovering project manager, you know, PMP, the whole deal, uh, I like to check boxes as much as the next person, you know. There's nothing more gratifying than rolling up a milestone. Hey, it's done. You know, some of you understand that. My wife's like, don't you ever put a whiteboard in our bedroom? I, I would. I, I, would I, really, I would. I would put a Gantt chart in there if I could, you know. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it is so important to, um, you know, really just kind of think about the, the, the bigger picture when you're reading the Word. And the Holy Spirit will highlight things to you. He'll actually point things out that say, this is important. Don't gloss over it. Don't skim over it. Don't dismiss it. Spend time there. This is what he wants to spend time with you on. So yes, I do read the Bible through every year. I think it's a great habit. A lot of the people that I look up to in ministry, you know, they've got some great plans. Take one that fits you. But it is so important to get that word into you and then dwell on those moments when he says, this is important. Okay? Um, It's also a great example. Parents. Yeah? Does Does anybody know who Dave Barton is? Wall Builders America. He's the one who's done all the research on the historical documents of our country. Now, go look him up. Some interesting stuff. But if you ever really wanted to know what exactly the founding fathers said, what they wrote about, what they did, this guy is really the preeminent expert on all of it. He actually has most of the original documents. You know, some of them are like the originals, not just copies, but it's really cool. One of the things that, um, or one of the stories, rather, I like so much was one of our founding fathers, and his name is escaping me. I wish I could remember. But every year... I don't know if it was every year, but he would start reading the Bible, take all of his notes and and write them in the column. And when he was done, he'd give it to one of his kids and then he'd start over. He did that for like 22 years. Just kept reading the word, taking notes, whatever God highlighted to him, passed it off to his kids. What kind of an example is that? It's like, that is, that's just awesome. So scripture obviously is very important. Our creator values it. Psalm 138, 2. And I will bow down towards your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have been magnified, or you you have magnified, rather, your word according to all your name. But he doesn't stop there. He brings it to life. Anybody heard a uh, pastor, preacher, speaker ever say, the word of God is living and breathing? I've heard it from every single one. What does that mean? By the way, I ask a lot of questions. So, yeah, but and some of these will be rhetorical. But I want you to think about what does that mean? It's living and it's breathing. If you ever stop just to think, okay, God, what does that mean? It's living and it's breathing. Can you show me what this looks like? I don't know. I want to see it. I want to experience it. I want to feel it. You're a feeling God. Show it to me. Well, he, he wants to do this. And one of the coolest things that we've really seen over the last, I don't know, five, seven plus years or so is that God is a God of patterns. Anybody like connecting dots as a kid? Yeah. The cool thing is when you're around the prophetic, you can connect them forward sometimes, which is awesome. But usually you can connect them at least backwards. You can see where God's been. And uh, that, that's always kind of fun to see. Like, okay, God, you were moving in this. I see it. Awesome. Well, he is a, an amazing God of patterns. And um, for those of you who've not figured out yet, I love bullet points. 
right? So we're, we're actually going through. But um, what I want to do is I want to take you through a number of different scriptures and a number of different experiences that the Lord has paired up to make these scriptures come alive in our lives. And while I'm doing this, I want you to understand it's not about me. It is absolutely about him. But also, it is about you and you and you. It's about you. You guys, it's about all of you. What is he bringing to life in your life? What scriptures have you guys had to live and had to walk out? You know, we actually see this in scripture, which is pretty cool. In Acts 8, you know, Philip was with the Ethiopian eunuch and he explained Isaiah to him. The guy's reading it has no idea what it means. And God sent somebody who's actually leading a revival in another city on a desert road by himself to come across this guy so that he might get baptized and then take this message back to Ethiopia. Wow, that's pretty cool. But God will do that. Acts 2. Well, hey, we're in Acts 2. Awesome. Well, Peter, you know, with this was that. You know, they, they have this amazing experience with Holy Spirit and then, you know, tongues of fire on their head and the mighty rushing wind and, and the speaking in tongues and, you know, they're all drunk in the Spirit, right? Well, what did he say? Joel 2. This was that. It's pretty cool. Paul. Paul was speaking in the synagogue in Pisidian Antioch in Acts 13. And everybody was so convicted by what he was teaching. He said, one, can we follow you? And two, can you come back next week? So we see scripture as it's read. It does change people's lives. And they, they have to follow it. They have to go after it. If you've been around the Lord any amount of time, you know that this can be both exciting and can also be pretty terrifying. You know, don't raise your hands. But anybody had those experiences where if it wasn't for the word of God? Wow, right? And, and thank God. So the, the first one that I want to share from a number of years ago, I don't know how many years ago, uh, but I want to talk about God's light. So James 1, 17, every good thing given and every perfect gift from above is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. First Thessalonians 5, 5, you are the children of the light and of the day. John 12, 35 to 36 Jesus replied, my light will shine for you just a little longer. Walk in the light while you can, so the darkness will not overtake you. Those who walk in the darkness cannot see where they're going. Put your trust in the light while there is still time. Then you will become children of the light. Well, that's pretty cool. So you read these things, you're like, all right, what does that mean? The light. Anybody seen the light of God? What is the light? You know, do you see darkness go away? What happens? And the first time this was actually made known to me, um, let me back up a quick smidge here. Um, so a, a good friend of mine from College Admissions Days, um, a guy named Vince, he lives up in Maine, he's an academic dean now, and well, Vince has, has dealt with uh, type 1 diabetes his whole life, you know, many life flights to Boston, and, and just, he is so protective of what he eats, drinks, he's, he's, you have to be careful, your life depends upon it, right? So particular about everything. But Vince had one little... I don't know what the right word is for, one little vice, you know, every month or two, he'd like a cigar. Okay, whatever. So Vince is coming down to Florida. This was many years after I'd left admissions, and he's coming down for a conference. He's like, hey, dude, I'm going to be in town. Let's go out to dinner. I said, great, I'll come out, I'll pick you up. 
And I'm like, you know, I remember Vince Lake cigars. I'm going to go get him a cigar. Okay. Not a great church story, but bear with me. <laughs> You're like, great. Some cigars. Okay. But th- th- there's a good point here. So, you know, I, I go to a local place and, and if you've ever walked into some place like that, first of all, you realize when you walk out, your clothes are now damned. Okay. There's, oh my goodness. It is just hot boxed and, and truly horrible. So I walk in and the lady who's the proprietor there comes up and I, I like to use my peripheral vision a lot. I see a lot of what goes on around me. And it was the most amazing thing because there's this dude in the back at a card table just kind of sitting there and I can see all this taking place and he has suddenly locked onto me and and I don't even know how to explain it. So if you could picture somebody who's now looking at you like this. (laughs) You know, and, and I don't know what to make of this. And this is going on the whole time I'm in there. So kind of dismiss it. Next night at church, you know, midweek service, talking to a good friend. I'm like, hey, you know, this just happened. It's kind of weird. And he said, dude, he saw your light. I'm like, my light? What is that? And then these scriptures started coming to my memory. And the Lord just started to, to talk a little bit about it. And it's neat because since then, and I don't ask for this, but, you know, people have commented, I see light in your hands or there's light all around you. It's not me. It's him. You know, it's just the presence that he's got. You know, and, and our goal, and, and here's, again, what I love about the Lamb family, is our goal is not to be a visitation. Their goal is to be a habitation, yeah. right? So that Holy Spirit will come and will rest and will stay, will remain. But you see it, you know, other times too, because God will also test it a little while longer or later rather. I'm at Target and I had to go get bananas, better than cigars. I had to go get bananas, you know, and um, it's kind of funny because, you know, you walk in, not super Target, but you go down the long aisle and they're right there at the end of the little, you know, grocery thing. I get them. And some woman walks up to me and suddenly it is like, I'm on candid camera. You know, she's like, you're here. Oh my goodness, you're here. Wow. And just like, you know, literally about 20, 30 seconds, which seemed like an eternity. And I, I kid you not, I'm looking around for the camera like, all right, joke's on me. I get it. What, what's going on? And she walked away and nobody saw this. And I'm like now puzzled. And Holy Spirit says, she didn't see you, moron. She saw me. <laughs> all right, Cool. Thanks, God. Got it. Um, but it's neat because when you look at like what people do and how they actually practice the presence, you know, some of my favorite speakers, you know, you got Bill Johnson and you guys are aware of how th- that whole movement came about. He spent over 25 years practicing the presence by every place he walked in. He pictured a dove on his shoulder, wow. every place. And he'd just go release the presence up and down every aisle, wherever he was at. Things would change. Store proprietors would tell him, Hey, things are different when you're here. You know, John Paul Jackson talked about radiate Jesus. He actually put that on his uh, steering wheel in his car. You know, Benny Hinn with good morning, Holy Spirit. I mean, all these people, they've got ways to express what God's revealed to them. And he wants to do the same with you, right? So the cool thing, though, through all of this is the Lord actually took me from believing. Okay, yes, I believe your word. Yes, there's light. What does that mean to knowing? And now that I know, you can't take that away. God's plan for good. Romans 8, 28. Oh, yeah. Everybody know this scripture? Yeah. First time it was given to me, I didn't know what it was. I do now. Um, all things work together for the good of those who love him, love God, and are called according to his purpose. It face value. This sounds like an awesome scripture, doesn't it? Awesome. Yeah. Until you realize all things actually means all things. <laughs> it means the bad stuff too. Right. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I want to back up and tell you a little bit of a, an interesting story. One of the first times we were ever around the prophetic, like really around it, when you're around somebody who their words don't fall to the ground. The ministry of Samuel's oil and, and what they speak, it's, they really do read stuff that just boggles the mind. And uh, he called my wife and I out at a, at a meeting and, you know, um, 
At that time, you were pregnant. I don't know how many months with our daughter, Lily. We had no idea what it was yet, by the way. Sonogram in three weeks. Calls us out, you know, we're standing up. He says, I've got a word for you. And he's like, you guys have four kids, right? And we're like, uh-uh. We got two, one on the way, so we'll have three. He's like, hmm, not four. Well, you're going to have four. <laughs> and then he, and he said, that one's a girl. Now in my brain, I'm thinking like, Sonograms in three weeks. We'll find out if you're for real, buddy. Right? Um, but he, then he looked at me and he addressed something very, very important. He said, and the next one will be a boy, so don't worry about it. And then he went on to prophesy over Lily, over our family, and a few other things. It's truly amazing. Fast forward, we have Lily confirmed. Awesome. We wait a certain amount of time and just really felt like through dreams and through confirmations from people, this is the time to have our next child and, and hopefully our, our last at that point. You know, she's like, done. Um, <laughs> So we, uh, yeah, get pregnant right away. Pretty awesome. A uh, good f- uh, family friend now, uh, the Kendalls, R.T. Kendall. And by the way, they're good for the second half this year. We just have to pick a date. Uh, but R.T. is an amazing theologian. Did anybody see the movie Holy Ghost? Yeah. Wilson's? Okay, great. R.T. is in it. He's the one who, and I'll talk about this in a little bit, but he's kind of going back and forth where they're showing him talking about you need the word and the Holy Spirit. And then there's that guy breathing hellfire and brimstone outside of the, the Mormon place. Yeah, so anyway, um, it's the first time I got to meet RT at, the, you know, at that time, and we're good friends with his son and, and daughter-in-law, and uh, he signed my book, and he wrote down Romans 8.28 for you guys, and gave it to me, and I had to go look it up. I didn't know what it meant. So I went, and uh, <clears throat> we got to go live that. Yeah, so we're pregnant with our son, we, you know, we're at that point excited, and uh, had a really interesting Christmas. We lost the baby on Christmas. So you think, oh, and, and we thought at that time too. The very next day, we're at the ultrasound place, and they're pretty much like, sorry, you have nothing we can do, gone. And, uh, you know, women, how you do that chin quiver thing? I don't get it. I could just see my wife's chin just, you know, shaking. I was like, oh, man, I, I don't know what to do. And we get to the car, and I hear, the, it's the second time I heard the inner audible voice of God, because it was so commanding. And it was, watch your language. And, and it wasn't swearing. No, I'm not prone to, you know, curse words, but... It was, what are you confessing? What are you talking about? And because we spent, and we actually chose to do this, spend the next few days, it's like three and a half days, just confessing how good he is. Forget it, that we could be offended if we thought a promise was broken. We chose not to. And you're so good, God. You're a good, good God and a good father and we love you. Well, when you actually are surrounded by that peace that passes all understanding, you don't ever want to go. Not fun getting there, is it? But man, was it amazing. And you can't take that away. Um, and it was neat because, you know, kind of in this whole process, we ended up going to the One Thing Regional Conference, and the Lord gave us a download for what he called the blueprint for your family. I mean, you talk about it, but we got it at a conference. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about that another time. But it, it's, it's truly amazing that, you know, so this is Christmas. We know One Thing's in January. And guess what? We're pregnant again. And we have our son. And just, wow. That guy was born with a birthmark of a heart on his arm. Oh, it's so good. So, mm. next. It's available. John 10.10. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and to destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Cool. Who wants a rich and satisfying life? Awesome. Yeah. What does that mean? Have you stopped to think about it? If you stop to think, what is a rich and satisfying life? Not according to, you know, Time Magazine or Target or, you know, any other thing out there, but he wants you to have this. So 
Um, the, the story I want to share with this is we all want more in God. At least I, I hope you all do. And hopefully, uh, you use the word provoking. I do like to provoke people. I want you to think deeper about your relationship with God. But, you know, uh, when, when you really think about this life that he wants you to have, are you pursuing him for it? What is it? What does it mean for you? Right? Well, one of the, the neatest things is, um, you know, we're at a prophetic conference and we're kind of helping out the ministry team and they're all back at the pastor's house for lunch and we're just serving, you know, help bring food to people and you need a bottle of water. Okay, we got it. And I was talking to one of the guys, one of the ministers uh, who's in from out of town and we're just standing in the back in the living room looking into the kitchen and uh, at one point he just starts to get a little wobbly and he's like, dude, did you just see the, the glory cloud just came into the kitchen right there? And I'm looking at him like, no, no. <laughs> It's like, it's right there, dude. And, and literally, he's like starting to get drunk in the spirit and he's seeing this and he's like, you don't see it? And I'm starting to feel like an inferior Christian at this point, right? Anybody felt like that before? Yeah. And he said, the best thing in the world actually set me free, you know, because really what I said back to him was, I don't see it, but I'd like to. He's like, it's available. It is available. And uh, it was really cool, you know, um, because when you think about this, you know, God wants you to focus on him. And what's really awesome is when you focus on God, the dove flies in or the manifestation. But if you focus on the manifestation or the dove, it will fly away. So you focus on God and it's, it's not a reward, but it's just a little touch. It's like, hey, I love you guys. I want to show you some stuff. Thankfully, you know, years later, about four or five years later, I got to send him a letter. You know, and I'll try to take everybody's names out of all these, but uh, we'll make up a name here. Sam. Hey, Sam. Um, you know, I wanted to let you know what you said really impacted me. I don't even think he knew, but I kept it. And we've, you know, since thankfully, we've actually seen the glory in our house a number of times, either in the kitchen or in the great room. And uh, it's great because the kids see it. It's not just like, hey, it's me. It's, you know, Hannah or Holly would be like, do you see this? I'm like, I see this. And we just thank God. And, oh, it's so amazing. But he's real. You know, he's not in a place that doesn't have connection or communication. He's not in a distant place. When you accepted Christ, Holy Spirit came into you, so he's within you. But he wants to be around you too, right? He wants you to have that rich and satisfying life. And the great thing is once you have these experiences and they back up scripture, you can go from believing to knowing, right? Yeah. Next, you are beloved and he likes you too. Yeah, Mark 1, 10 through 11. Immediately coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opening and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And a voice came out of the heavens, you are my beloved son, and you I am well pleased. And then John 17, 24, Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory, which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. Wow. Just sit on that one for a second. So the first point here is Satan's oldest scheme is to get you to think that you're somehow deficient in God. Because it's really wild. When you take a look at that scripture and you realize, he says, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. What happens immediately afterwards? Where does he go? Straight into the desert. And what happens? He gets tested. Yes. What is the first question Satan asks him? If you're the son of God. Did he leave out a word? You are my beloved son if you are the son of God. First thing he wants you to forget is that you are beloved. I would challenge you guys today. Who is not remembering that you are beloved of God? I mean, it's important. It is so important. You know, he, he, would just, he did it to Adam and Eve. He wants to do it to all of us. If 
You are the son of God. Well, we are the sons and daughters of God, aren't we? Yes, and we are beloved. The second thing he wants to actually, you know, do is, is um, kind of get you to believe that, you know, God doesn't like you. And it's amazing. I mean, this, is a, this was a huge blind spot. Does everybody know what a blind spot is? You, you can't in the car, it's where you can't see. There might be a car there. You cause an accident. It was a huge blind spot in my life. So I finally realized, okay, God loves me. But because I didn't like myself, I was pretty sure he didn't like me either. You know, there's so many things that were wrong. He doesn't like these things. And I was sin conscious, not conscious of what God wanted to do in my life. Right? And so uh, Mike Bickle actually challenged me. Does everybody know who Mike Bickle is? Yeah. Director of IHOP Casey? Okay, cool. Um, you know, and, and really what he said to me was, that, you know, um, you know, I challenge you to read this scripture. And, and we, we talked a little bit about it. And then he said, I want you to start asking God every single day, what do you like about me? Every single day, what do you like about me? He said, you may not hear right away, but you will hear. Anybody here who's listening to my voice still kind of battle, does God like me? I want you to start asking him that. Go to that scripture, if he still has it up, John 17, 24. Because he desires that we would be with him. Desires. I mean, that, oh, wow. You know, he wants us to see his glory. You know, and then, you know, with this challenge that Mike gave me, I mean, I'm a guy, I like a dare. I like to be challenged, you know, provoked to go further, you know, every single day. Well, cool. I asked right then and there. I didn't hear anything. Okay. Next day, uh, we're actually in the prophecy rooms at, uh, at OHOP. And, you know, the first two words that were given, they're kind of general. I mean, it could be for anybody. But again, I like to watch with my peripheral. And then there's this guy who's sitting there studying me. And he's just kind of, you know, you know, just looking at me and, when, uh, when it got to him and he had a word for me, he says, you know, God wants to tell you what he likes about you. And he started lifting off things. You want to tell you? My jaw hit the floor. I was like, whoa, he really does. And that gave me the grounds then to go find out more about our relationship. Because you want to be around people who like you, don't you? Yes. You want to go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. Yes. Right? right? So right, right. <laughs> that's God. You know, he celebrates his creation. There's so many more. I, I want to jump to uh, a couple other things here, but um, I, I want to share just a kind of a series of events from this year uh, and really how our lives have been radically changed this year. Um, and so really with, with this one, Revelation 3.20, everything changed. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and I will dine with him and he with me. Have you thought about what it'd be like to eat with Jesus? How cool would that be, right? And we all just came off of family dinners and stuff or team dinners for, you know, Christmas. And have you ever thought about just eating with Jesus? What would that be like? Well, um, did anybody go to the Bethel Music Conference when it was here in February? Okay. Anybody else get wrecked? Yeah. Who is in the breakout room ahead of time? Okay. Yeah. So that was unlike anything uh, we have ever experienced. And we were just like, this is it. You want to talk about the presence of God so thick? Honestly, the, I'll call it a concert, but the music portion later that night was somewhat of a letdown because of what we just experienced. It was like, wow. Oh, it was so good. But everything really changed. Uh, and the cool thing, it was on Valentine's Day too. So my wife and I went and just had, uh, had an amazing time. One of the things that the Lord had us do as part of our, our family blueprint is we do, we, we call them family praise nights. You can call it whatever you want. Some people call it family prayer altars or what have you. But Twice a week, as a family, we come together just for prayer and worship and reading and whatever happens, happens. However he wants to steer it. And um, so the very next night, we're, 
we're doing this, and, and I'm, you know, on this scripture, and I'm reading it, and I'm like, God, what is it, what is it like to dine with you? You know, how do you come in and, and dine? I don't understand this. And we were spending a time of just asking the Lord, okay, Lord, you know, what do you have for us? You know, what would you like to communicate? If you could communicate something to us, what do you want to say right now to our family? What are you thinking about? What are you feeling about right now? And he started to just share that scripture a little bit. And, and so I shared that with the family and they were sharing theirs and, okay, great. Um, so I'm walking around the, the great room, just prayer walking. Okay, Lord, what does this mean? And one of the cool things he said was, well, start peering into the visions that I've already given you. Okay. So kind of like Daniel, you guys have read Daniel, I hope, right? If you haven't, go read Daniel. Really cool book. And he keeps peering into a vision that God gives him and he keeps going and going and going until he sees the ancient of days. That's what he wants you to do. Keep peering into what he's given you. Keep going after it. And you're going to see some amazing things. Well, sure enough, I'm, I'm peering in this vision that he gave and I'm, I'm talking about it and what I'm seeing and what I'm smelling and what it looks like and feels like. And as I come around the bend, I see Jesus at my kitchen table. And I'm kind of stopped and at this point somewhat terrified and somewhat like elated and, and didn't know what to do. And, and I'm not going to share the whole thing. But um, suffice it to say, our entire family that night was completely wrecked. Uh, it was unlike anything I've ever experienced or seen since. Um, but it really did mark our family for God wants to take us from believing to knowing that he wants to interact with us. And he wants the scripture to come alive within us. That I want to dine with you. Yeah, and guess what? We did. We got to sit and eat and drink with Jesus. And it was, it was crazy. Um, he really does want to take you guys from where you're at now to that next step in, in that walk with him. Okay? So from that encounter came a series of, I'm not call them events, but like words that he would give, like one at a time. And uh, it was, wow. So the first one was truth. So, you know, this is a month later. We're, we're in the, the family room, we're in the, in the great room, just relaxing and just enjoying a time of the Lord. And, and we're asking Holy Spirit, you know, what, what do you have for us? I mean, you know, teach us. You said you teach us into all things, so teach us. What do you have, Holy Spirit? And at one point in my mind's eye, I just see the word truth above me. And I feel like pushed into my chest. And I was like, whoa, this is awesome. What does that mean? Like a kid with the you know, keys to a car and never driven. I don't know what this means. But I was just excited. Now, what I said earlier, sometimes you get a word, and what's the first thing that happens? You get tested right away on it, huh? The very next night, I kid you not, this was somewhat funny now. Um, there's a place that I'd heard about, a lot of great stuff was taking place, and so we were gonna, I just wanted to go for the last night and see what was happening. Well, um, I, I know maybe a third of the people there, and the, the visiting pastor, prophet guy, calls me up in front of everybody, and for 13 minutes, I know it was over 13 minutes because I recorded it, gave me a wrong word. I mean, like, really wrong. And, you know, we all make mistakes. I make mistakes. I've given people wrong words, okay? So this has nothing to do with that. The Lord was using this to teach me quite a few lessons, and I want to share that with you guys this morning. So the first thing I started to experience was embarrassment. I, you know, you don't really learn from that which embarrasses you. John Maxwell says, it's true. You don't like, people don't like to be embarrassed. And that started to turn to a little bit of anger. Like, I'm in front of all these people. This is ridiculous. What is going on? And then I said, all right, Holy Spirit, you got to help me here. Help me. I don't understand what's happening. And then the first lesson came. He said, familiar spirit. So he was helping me with my discernment and understanding that this guy was battling. He looked at me and he saw somebody that reminded him of somebody else. And really that word was for that other person. It had nothing to do with me. I mean, the word was so wrong. He's like, you've got a twin brother. I'm like, mm -mm, nope. You got a brother, right? Nope. Your best friend looks exactly like you. Nope. <laughs> That's how it started. 
and kind of went downhill. But I was still angry about this the next couple of days, still upset about it. And so I kept asking the Lord, like, what do you want me to do with this? And then the real lesson came. Here's what he said. Are you more concerned about your reputation? Yep. Yes, I was. <laughs> Had to break that off. That was fun. Um, but he, he really started to teach me, you know, God is truth. Yeah. You know, he, he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And just to be able to, you guys know from Scripture, it tells that through practice, we grow in discernment, right? And it is that practice. And so when you could be there embarrassed in front of, I don't know, 150, 200 people, and Holy Spirit just kind of teach you what's going on, that's a pretty cool place to be. Um, and then to overcome my own issues in it too. Next word was wisdom. You know, and this was spoken to me by Holy Spirit, you know, a little while later, but James 1.5, but if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously without reproach, and it will be given to him. Guess what happened? Testing again. And it's neat because now it's not just ministry testing. It's all kinds. Car breaks down. Got to get a new one. All right, Lord, we need wisdom in this. You know, wisdom with how to continue coaching and mentoring people that I was. Coach with, uh, or uh, rather, um, wisdom with relationships in certain areas. Right? Wisdom with how to leave one ministry and start another. A lot of these things were tested. And and, uh, then knowing, okay, God, you're giving me these words. I kind of see the pattern. Awesome. And then an interesting thing happened. Then I heard the word administration, maybe a month or two later. You know, and I was asking Father God, like, okay, Lord, what do you have for me? I want something new. And I heard that word. And I want to confess, actually, one of my mistakes here. When I heard that, I was actually disappointed. Anybody ever been disappointed in what you heard from God? Yeah, it's not a cool place to be, actually, because he went silent. And I didn't realize it for a few minutes. But um, I understand that administration is not clerical. It is not, you know, um, secretarial. And think about Moses. I mean, one of the greatest administrators ever you know, to organize all these people to do right and to help judge and to govern but I was disappointed when I heard that um, had to repent but uh, and I hope you guys learned something from that too you're gonna miss it you're gonna make a mistake it's okay just you know ask the Lord and you know he'll uh, you know it's his kindness that leads to repentance but the neat thing is you know and Andrew and I've talked about this but yeah I do have a gift in administration I like to organize I get so much fun out of putting the groceries away you have no idea. I mean, how, how silly is that? But yeah, I mean, she'll go buy them. I'll come home. And I can't wait to organize and put away. And the kids are like, hey, dishwasher's full. No, it's not. Come on. No, it's not. I will help. And uh, anybody ever heard if it, it, if it fits, it's fair? Okay, cool. Um, but it has to be organized. And then most recently, peace. Most recently, peace. And it was interesting because when I heard this, um, the way I heard it, um, uh, you know, just praying one night, and this is only about two and a half, three weeks ago. And I was just compelled to stop praying. Had been through all the intercession, had been through everything else that, that I wanted to talk to God about. And, you know, if, if you've been in that place of prayer where God just kind of stops you and you say something that you don't really mean to, but He wants you to say. And so when I stopped, it was, All right, Lord, what do you want to talk about? And just stopped dead in my tracks right there. And, uh, you know, He said, I want to talk about your feet. I'm like, my feet? I want to talk about your feet. It took me a few minutes to figure out what he meant by that. And I just kept, again, peering into this. Okay, Lord, you've shared this. With, what does this mean? And then he started to share. I want to talk about your peace. And he, and he led me to Ephesians 6.15. For your shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. 
Now, the question I want to pose to you is, can you enjoy peace? Not even enjoy. Can you appreciate peace without knowing the absence of it? No. No, I, I don't think so. Well, let me tell you, peace was stripped away for a few days. If you want the real story, you can ask my, my wife what it was like. It was, I'm sure it was quite unbearable. It, you know, it was really crazy because, you know, if you're a, 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 um, like a seer in the spirit, you, you kind of feel things, you know, and, and um, does anybody here, just a quick raise of hands, kind of like a seer, a few people, when you walk somewhere and you get like a pain, you realize it's not you, it's somebody else. Uh, you know, if you're praying and suddenly you get an impression, you're not thinking about pornography, but why did that just pop into your head? You realize, ah, somebody around me is dealing with this, I need to pray. And hopefully you guys are, are realizing that, that sensing that feeling thing. All right, well, you know, one of the things that, that floored me then was I went through these, this time with like no peace and I was having these crazy thoughts of like anger and just like, ah, what is going on? And really it was just, it was a, a few days of that. And so the Lord said, hey, I just told you about this. You forgot the pattern. Ah, okay. All right. Thanks God. So started to pray and, and peace started to come back. But, you know, two people recently just very instrumental in helping that, you know, even one today, Lord just gave a very clear word for this person to actually give, and, and they don't like to ever be called out, so I'm not going to. Um, but use that to, to help restore peace. You know, and the Lord wants to, again, take you from believing to knowing that his scripture is real. It is living. It is breathing. And he wants to back it up with experience. He wants to back it up with power. Do you guys realize that the more time you spend with the Lord, now he'll give you power as a gift. Power is great, but really authority is a bit stronger and it does, they do different things, but you actually gain authority from God when you spend time with him. It's based on proximity. It's intimacy. It's spending time with the Lord. So, you know, for you guys spend time with the Lord and see what he wants to, to pull alive in your lives. So I do want to tie it all together now, uh, kind of bring things back the spirit and the word. So I could quote RT Kendall. There's been a silent divorce in the church. You've got the spirit people and you've got the word people. On one side, we need Acts 2. We need, you know, power and, and signs and wonders and, and all of this to confirm God's word and, and who he is, the honor of God. Yes, that's right. And then over here, you've got this other group of people, doctrine, doctrine, it's got to be sound doctrine. The honor of God is at stake. Yes, they're both right. They're not mutually exclusive, but why on earth are we divorced about it? Right. You need that together. That's what I see here. That's one of the reasons it feels like home here. Um, and it's just amazing. Both sides are missing a half. It needs to come together. We need both. And again, that's what Holy Spirit pulls from us. We must go beyond believing. We must know. And honestly, guys, you need to come to a place where, and I'll say it this way, you don't need faith. Because once you believe, no one can take it away from you. You know, married couples, when you first met your spouse, you knew that you knew that you knew. This is the one. No one could talk you out of it. No one. When you know something about God and these experiences that I've shared, this is how God's changed our lives. But think about you. What has he changed in your life? What cannot be taken away? I'm going to share a funny quick story here. I'll keep it very short, given the context. Bible study at work with a number of believers. And uh, I'm going to take out some of the commentary. One, one of the guys there who's actually leading that day wanted to open it up by bashing a charismatic pastor, global leader, um, saying we should not be dreamers. You know, there's only for Joseph, not for anybody else. Of course, you know, I'm like, uh-uh. Not, not as childish as that, but you're pretty close. But, you know, 
and it was interesting because literally this was what was explained to me to see the other side of this. God's revelation is in the Bible. If what he tells me is not in the Bible, it's not from God. Therefore, God does not give us revelation. Yeah. Now, do you know God enough to stand there and with a loving heart refute that? Think about that. Because he does want to communicate with you. He does want to talk. He does want to share. He wants to lead you into experiences with him. How do you share that then with somebody like that? So I want to challenge you guys on that. You know, God gives you faith for what you need. So when you're reading scripture and those words come alive at that moment, spend time there. He wants to do something with that word, right? You know, just soak and, and meditate. He wants to bring it out. It's you know, the different seasons you go through in your life when these things are being highlighted. You know, don't, again, don't dismiss it. Just, just you know, soak in it. See what he wants to say. And the great thing is we have instruction on how to combine the, the word and the experience, right? What does Peter tell us? Scripture is the more sure word of prophecy. So you should know that anything you ever experience or see or hear, make sure it lines up, right? John in 1 John tells us about how to test the spirits. If you don't know, go back and read that. But what I would tell you guys is, you know, I won't say for every nickel. I will say for every 50 bucks, you know, I, I've heard somebody say, I wish God would talk to me. I wish I would hear from God. I wish I could hear him speak clearly and plainly. Has anybody here ever said that? I'm sure every hand would, yeah, I think we've all said that. Wow. Well, he does. And, and just like the Israelites, how easily do we forget? So one of the things the Lord convicted us of, also part of our, our family blueprint, is to document all of this stuff. We've got notebooks, like three-ring binders of all of our dreams, all the prophetic words given. Uh, we've got a book, my favorite one, it's called The Family Book of Remembrance. When he's done stuff in our lives, there's not a chance in the world we could have had any part in it. It goes in there. Why? When we forget how good he is, we can go back and look and see the pattern. Malachi 3.16. God is so overwhelmed by men talking good about him. He says, angels, go and get a book of remembrance. Write down what they're saying. Well, if he's impressed with us talking about him, how much more should we be impressed with him talking to us, right? You know? Who are we that you are mindful? And I'll tell you what, then you can prove it. And someone's like, oh, God doesn't talk to you. He talks to me. And I can show you years of experience. And, and uh, at that point, I want to put it this way. It's like you don't own the scripture, you know, when you've gone through it. It actually owns you, right? So this is really what I wanted to share with you guys today is I wanted to take you from believing to knowing, okay? And I know you guys have a ministry team. What I'd like to do is actually have my wife come up. If you want to take that next step and kind of go from where you're at into that next place where you are with the Lord, you know, we'd like to pray with you. We'd like to spend a few minutes and just, you know, if we have a word for you, great, but we just want to pray with you. So if you have that, that unction, like, Lord, I want to go deeper with you. I want to know you more. I want some of these experiences to help solidify scripture in my life. Word of caution, everybody wants to be an overcomer, but most people don't want anything to overcome, okay? Right. So in asking this, it is a dangerous prayer because you will have circumstances, good and bad, go through your life where God's going to test you positively and negatively. But if you want to take that next step, if you want to go a little bit deeper, my wife and I would like to pray with you and then ministry team. Yep. yep. So thank you guys. Thank you for listening to the Acts 2 podcast. Love God, love